1: Happy Friday to everyone! Lucky Lefty Podcast, the Anora Boys are definitely in the building. It's for the culture Friday, you know what that means. We're gonna do something for the culture. We definitely have something for the Notre Dame culture as we have special guests, former Notre Dame defensive lineman and Chicago Bear defensive lineman. So that hits me double. Paul Grassmanis is going to join us. Some very interesting conversation we can get into with Paul, and we're gonna do that. Don't forget, subscribe, YouTube, the thumbs up, smash that, helps with our views. And then CFB Nation, go lock in to CFB Nation, not only for Lucky Lucky podcast, CFB All-American podcast, Rise and Drive for Ryan Roberts. Man, we give you the audio edibles each and every day, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Home of the misguided passion, you already know, we spin it. Just a little bit different, dude. Brought to you by Nora whiskey. That smooth, premium American whiskey. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Elite 11, day two. CJ Carr. Right there, bro. We said it yesterday. He didn't have to win. Also, if. Yeah, and...
3: Top 11, man.
1: Yeah, Andrew Ivins, 247. He released a video late last night saying CJ Carr is on the verge of getting that bump up to the fifth star. It could happen after this competition. But once again, dependent upon. Who you read, what platform, what people were there. He was third or fourth on the day yesterday by Dylan Rayola and Julian Salen, who they said had a fantastic day. Aaron Nolan was right there in the mix around third or fourth and other rankings. But the C.J. Carr being steady, being steady. And they talked about how he is just a magician at the intermediate throw left. That is his thing. Intermediate touch on time accuracy and I tell you what I'll take it
3: definitely definitely take it I mean you know the reason why CJ is really good but just in the you know a Daniel Jones type Daniel Jones was all right in college if he was on a better team he'd probably been you know, what he is today. I do think that uh, when pads come on and the physicality turns up, that's where he evens out a little bit more. And I think that him being able to do this with no defense is amazing. Because that's, believe it or not, hard for some guys to do when they get to the next step. Is just being consistent in drills and seven ons and mm-hmm. stuff like this where there's no defense so at the nfl level you're expecting guys to, guys are hitting that just like in the nba mm-hmm. in practice guys make everything
1: right like everything. The, the word the guys that you think are the worst players are if you go watch them shoot they do they'll shoot like 80 percent.
3: it's crazy so That's hard to do on a college level for most quarterbacks. But for a guy like CJ, him being able to do that with in his sleep is Mm -hmm. going to be very, very beneficial. And it shows that it's very beneficial for guys that can do that to translate well at the next level. The part I want to see with CJ is when the pass come on and they hitting you and the decision making when the game gets tight. Yeah done well enough to where you know, yeah, everybody thinks you're pretty good in shirts and shorts. Let so me tell you, you yeah, Go making. ahead. So your decision making in shirts and shorts is great. Yeah, we love it. Right, right. That's, we, that's a needed part. You know, that got you your scholarship. You know, that needs to be shown at a high level to be at a place like Notre Dame with what the things we're trying to do. But the same reason that Sam Hartman isn't a number one pick, but would look really good if it was just shirts and shorts. Mm. Ads come on now, he's built bigger than Sam, but still, can you make throws when you're getting hit? Because we know when you're on the move, it's a little tough. Now, when you're on the move, running from 250, 300 pound guys. We know that in shirts and shorts, it's a little tough for you. Now with pads, and and let's say you get it off and get hit after. (laughs) You know, you're getting hit on at some point. Yeah. Now what does your game look like, which is, I think, is a big reason why I would take Dante over CJ in that situation. But who knows? With great players and a great offensive line, he did not have to worry about it too much.
1: You know what? I thought about this. I'm glad you mentioned it. That. That's a perfect segue. I had to stop pre-show. And I was thinking about the decision that was put before Tommy. And Tommy had to make a decision before uh, he eventually left for the OC job down in Alabama. This was last summer, around this time. Irish invasion had just taken place. And Tommy had to make a decision. Yes, I know Dante is elite. I know he's, yo, he's one-on-one. But do I wait and try to deal with everything else that comes with that one-on-one when I know I have this kid, a CJ Carr, that I still think I can win with and I can get him now? And set up the next two recruiting classes by having him in place as yeah. a quarterback. A lot of heat was put on Tommy Reese because that had I'm sure walking away from Dante was not the easiest decision. If you
3: didn't have a, if you didn't have a plan, right, right. If you didn't have a plan. I think Tommy laid it down after that camp and kind of spelled it out for him. Like, look, you commit today, we'll go your direction and 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 do what we were gonna do with Dante. Mm-hmm. And if you come, he'll probably not want to come anyway, you know. So it takes care of itself. We don't have to necessarily tell Dante anything. He'll just see you commit, and then kind of see writing on the wall. That way, it saves both our bacon, and then we'll just be like, "Well, he just wanted to commit." Blah blah blah. False yeah. board you know, some house of cards shit. However, it definitely was, uh, I think, sort of an ego thing where. Tommy felt like he didn't have to work. Why work that hard for Dante when he got C.J. ready to go? He's Tommy Reese. Why he got to wait to the last man to get a quarterback? And, and figure out, you know, whether he's going to fall, fall in line with what your plans is. And if you have a plan for him, I don't even think Tommy really had a plan for Dante like he had for C.J. that fast. Mm-hmm. Cause Marcus Freeman was the guy that wanted Dante more so than I'm not going to say more so than Tommy did, but we know that for, for Tommy to do what he did and Marcus Freeman find out on the back end, we know that he probably favors CJ a little bit more for what Tommy likes to do. Now that's a very personalized way of recruiting but it is about fit and so maybe hopefully Tommy thought that that was a better fit but still with a situation like that with CJ the the the, the natural order process is still in the right place you guys Kenny yeah. bring it in CJ they can keep two years in between them you get a guy to CJ it can now you can develop guys and get back on pace yeah so I'm excited that we got CJ. I think it's a great uh, great opportunity for him to kind of set another standard. You know, Kenny Minchie's got an opportunity to go in there and bust the door down and then CJ follow that up or, you know, whoever however that plays out in the competition. But I think we got two guys we can really depend on and not feel like we know we got this guy out of nowhere. We're like, who is this dude? You know, so um it's a good feeling to have that. And I think with what Jerry Parker is focusing on, and we'll see what he wants to do with a guy like Sam being a good prototype for an offense that in reality, who knows where it's gonna go? Are we gonna keep the same running style? We're we gonna go to more passing. It's it's up in the air, but both are available.
1: Lucky Lucky Podcast. You see it right there. According to the Elite 11 Day 2 top performers, hey, Dylan Rayola must be the real deal. He must be one of those one ones that we talk about. Julian Salen, he responded, had a much better day too. Air Nolan, CJ Carr right there, depending upon the rankings from different publications, they both are right in that 3-4 spot. Then you have the, the Brown kid, who, by the way, the brown and the jackson kid the jackson kid that had a great first day your coach up at Pitt has the lead on him for him to go play with the pit panthers that should be interesting and then you see danny o'neill who's committed to colorado he jumped in dj lagway uh, was in top five six range in the first day he drops a little bit but as long as you're in that top 10 and you're competing. It's a good thing for you. And C.J. Carr, like I said, uh, we watched him talk to Josh Pate yesterday, that short interview. I was just impressed with the fact that he was repping. He reminded me of the 1993 Source Awards when uh, OutKast won the New Artist of the Year in the midst of the East Coast, West Coast beef thing. And as they went up to get their award, everybody was booing because nobody really knew what was going on. And you know, Dre stepped up to the mic and was like, "Yo, the South got something to say." And that's the way I felt about CJ Carr. When you know, Josh Pay was asking him about Aaron Nola, Dylan Rayola, and all of these other guys, he's like, "Man, we we ball in the Midwest too."
3: Yeah, we didn't know, have been in the Midwest. That's right. I felt the same way when I went to the Eleven. It was only a couple of high. I mean, it was me and. Shane, maybe, were the two Midwest guys. Really? You and Shane, that was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I definitely understand that, man. It was a, a focused thing because, you know, you really, in high school, they're always hyping up some Cali quarterback or some Florida quarterback or some Texas quarterback all the time, yeah. Like they never give the Midwest quarterback the the love, you know. Especially if they at that level, you know what I mean. And so, um, going to these camps, especially this one. All right, now you're in reach, Jared Goff. You know, now you're in reach, uh, uh, Asante. One of these guys, that you hear like, who are these guys? And so, um. For him to be in the mix, it just shows that Ohio, I mean, the Midwest has some great uh, talent as well that deserves more credit on the national stage when it comes to regional quarterbacks and which ones get the credit they deserve. So um, for him to stay in it, you know, Elite 11 real funny. I was three both day two, uh, day one and two, I was like four both days. And then the last day out of nowhere, I'm, I'm 11. I'm like, what the? <laughs> so, but it was whole, like, we want to see how you respond, that old corny thing, whatever. And then I end up making it, like, to, like, seven or eight in the finals. But it was like, you know, so hopefully they don't drop him down to 11 just because they want to see what he's made of. That's so overrated. But. Uh,
1: well, I mean, the first day on certain publications, they had him around 9, 10.
3: Yeah, you know,
1: it's like that one. You don't have that one. That's just that, like that one judge's scorecard in a boxing match. Yeah, you where know. you have two scorecards that are spot on, and then you had this other one that's like one ten to one nineteen. Yeah,
3: like what? <laughs> so after that, when that happened, I was like, oh man, he's ranking his whack. Like, let's just get to the end, you know. So uh, finishing strong is very important in this as well, and it tells a lot about the quarterbacks. Obviously, you see some guys that was there on day one, not even on the list. So mm-hmm. that's a that's definitely a, a big identifier towards the type of finisher you are in competition. I think it's a huge identifier for that. Like some guys that you know I was going against that was in and out like that, was in and out in college as well. So yeah. I'm not saying that happens, but there's some consistency that you can relate there. But for CJ to be in the mix the whole time, like I told you, he's a great quarterback. He's not the Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, one and two, in the class. You know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, one and, you know uh-huh. that of thing. But he's in the mix. You know, he, he's he's gonna get drafted provided everything go right. And but he, is he gonna win the Heisman? Hell, if he with the team that we stacking, he pull it off two years or a year in a row. Okay, yeah, maybe. But as an individual, probably not. But he's gonna be very, very good for us. From a consistency level, no, he, he'll he have over 3,500 yards passing in a season. I can see that for him. It's not going to be like he's really good, but he has terrible numbers, you know. Right, he'll be really good with good numbers, and then provided you know things shake the right way, we will be dangerous for CJ. I'm not saying we're going to be undefeated, Bryce Young, two seasons in a row type of thing, but. We're going to be very formidable and I think this is a great start for having that next level of quarterback play added to a consistent team already. This is a championship type of uh, quarterback your quarterback room you're turning into
1: And we cannot forget our 2023 quarterback was one of the surprise performers in last year's Elite 11. You know, Kenny Minchie really came out of nowhere and a surprised a lot of people with his performance last year. And he hopped into the top five at the end of things. And you get him from Pitt at the end of the recruiting cycle, and you stack him with CJ Carr, and you feel like, okay. And, and neither one of these kids are lacking in confidence. I We, we can tell you for sure Kenny
3: Minchie is confident. Yeah, it feels good about, you know, where he's at, and I think just the journey to even call up to Notre Dame and see if they, you know, have some opening when you were committed.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, that's just never settling and always trying to uh, challenge yourself for opportunities that become open. You know, he probably had it on his radar, but he was like, you know, they they do got that guy, Drew Pine. I know I'm better than him, but let me just call up there see what's going on, you know. <laughs> And I think that goes a long way as a as a recruiter. Be like, oh, okay, you doing your homework? You see yourself fitting here. Obviously, it's not we have to chase you necessarily, but uh, that type of commitment or, or or fervor to be wanting to be a part of this—that's uh-huh. I mean, more than what a coach could probably ask for in a normal recruiting. You know, when the when the guy called up there, different than just reaching out to Justin Scott, but it'd be way different. If Justice Scott was reaching out to us, hey, I'm just calling up there. You know, I saw uh, such and such checking in on Al Washington. You know, he'd be like, I was scheduled to call you on the schedule at 3 o'clock. You calling me, you know. So I think that will mean a lot for Kenny as he moves forward because now it's like, okay, who is this kid almost? But, hell, we love that he's here, that he found his way here and going to be very productive for us because – he feels like he'll be productive for us. It's one thing to get recruited and go to a school and then hope you get your, your chance, but then there's another thing when you calling up there being like, "Listen, if I get in there, uh-huh. yeah, we can turn things around." I I don't need you to to, to tell me. I' telling you. I know I'm gonna be straight. If you put me in there, so that type of confidence is something that we want to see. We want to have, and it'll be it'll be good for us when we talk about not just when we talk about crossing over into that next tier, yeah. you know, and being up there, not just up there for a year. And we come back down and up, we up there and it's like, okay, now we just need some good coaching in a, in a game situation or two. And we champions, you know, so that kind of thing. We just threw about 15
1: minutes of love at CJ Carr. People are talking about, we seem low on him. Isn't that strange how you can sit and talk, And people can interpret what you say a certain way. We haven't said one negative thing about C.J. Carr. Not one. Not one single negative thing at all. Other than he's not a Trevor Lawrence type. I mean, he's not. He's not.
3: He's not a super strong arm. He's not a super stout, big, strong ball carrier. He's not a.
1: He's not super athletic.
3: Not super. But he's athletic enough.
1: He's, know, he's Daniel Jones athleticism like you said that's a good yeah,
3: call. Yeah, and Daniel Jones they trying to overhype his athleticism but he he has some good plays. You know, he ain't no no statue. <laughs> <laughs> but he ain't Lamar Jackson either. I think there's a range and level to things. Like we just being realistic. We ain't saying we got Trevor Lawrence cuz we don't. But Trevor Lawrence is also 33 and 1 in college. <laughs>
1: Yo, like, right, man. You think about it.
3: Yo, what was who was who was the last 33 and one quarterback? I don't know. Yeah, who was the last Trevor, bro?
1: Deshaun. <laughs> but Deshaun was before Trevor, though. That's
3: what I was oh, since Trevor. That so was... it was Trevor, it was Trevor and Justin in the same year, but Trevor was in my opinion. He was better than Justin. Coming out. Yes. Now, who knows after that? But they
1: were both viewed as like, oh, man.
3: No, they were one and two. Like, Bryce and CJ, one and two. like Right. We just know those guys are going. I don't
1: think I don't even think Bryce coming out was viewed as as highly as Trevor. Like, that one, two, Bryce and CJ were not equal in one, two to Trevor and
3: Justin when they came out. Not they they were game game. Game. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Bryce was at USC, then he went to, you know. Yeah. And CJ won the Elite 11 and was hot at the right. last second going in. Right. But Caleb, well, Drake May came out of kind of nowhere, but Caleb been hot since the start. and Yeah. So probably Caleb. Yeah. Caleb
1: might have been the last one. It goes to show you, man, like the one of ones that we're talking about those special breeds that're usually like two took two three years apart like you'll get a class like two years from now that would just have dudes two dudes and that's that's like man these dudes are amazing and you can see right then at that competition like oh yeah they're
3: both going to the they're league. both going like I they're don't, both going I don't yeah. feel like that about CJ but if you have to think about it then it's not in my opinion if you had to question a little bit it's not you see caleb williams you're like i knew it like okay boom justin Fields and trevor just you just okay bryce after that first year and cj after his first year okay mm-hmm. there's no 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 question can cj go yes he. Just, he's gonna get a chance because he got legacy and all of that you know he got a lot uh that he can tap into but you know, do I just know off the top like, oh, for sure? he Just no, but that's come on. We're talking about one of ones, the one percent, right.
1: right?
3: He's like a ten percent,
1: right?
3: Like he got a real, real solid elite chance of getting there with the team he's on, and he messing around and starting win some games. All you gotta do is win. If you start at Notre Dame, you just if you've got to have two winning seasons, and if you have one season where you win 10-plus games, you good.
1: As a quarterback? Oh, As yeah. a quarterback,
3: you're good. You don't heck need yeah. four seasons at Notre Dame at quarterback. Yeah. You get,
1: Jack, you Jack Cole more. got on the NFL roster for winning 10 games at Notre Dame. Yeah,
3: come on. If you win 10 games at Notre that's, Dame in a season at the place. quarterback, and you play, that's all you need. One yeah. season, 10 games.
1: Yeah, just like, like now. That. 2020, what, he's 2026? He's not even 2025. Chris Henry's son, Chris Henry Jr., is one of the past catches at Elite 11. Cats are already out there like, oh, he's going to the league. Yeah. Right now.
3: Yeah, so yeah, you just... Right now. It's just like, oh, okay, you're going. Like,
1: like, yeah, you're going. Like, this dude is like going to a sophomore year just...
3: Julian Lewis, one of the most amazing quarterbacks I've ever seen. He's going you can tell he's going He train with Deshaun and Justin and Malik Willis all the time. He's everywhere. Well, you Julian could have left Williams.
1: that last name out of there, but Lewis? <laughs> no,
3: nah, Malik Willis. You could Oh, uh, they doing him wrong, but, you know, <laughs> what do you expect? However,
0: oh man,
3: Julian Lewis definitely going to the league. I don't even have to He didn't have to play another season until his last year of college, and I still believe he's going. He's freshman year, 14 years old, one state. Uh He he actually's at uh, Trevor Lawrence's head coach. Okay. 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 So, yeah, you're going. (laughs) So, it's like some guys are like that. CJ is a guy that's really good. Yeah. But nobody's sitting there saying, oh, he's going.
1: Yeah. Just over a quick list of the visitors this weekend. Of course, the big name. Kingston, Muasa, awesome. Bellflower, California, St. John Bosco comes in. It's pretty much Ohio State, Notre Dame with USC bringing up the rear for most. Keyshawn Flowers, linebacker from Archbishop Spaulding, out there. in a Byrne, Maryland. He's coming in as well. We'll look at the film for this young man a little bit later. We looked at film on Malcolm Ziegler and left. You liked him a lot yesterday out of Fuquay Marina, North Carolina. And then Michael Gilbert, one of the official, Uh, commits on the 2024 class. He's going to be on campus as well. And now we have a new entry into the 24 class that was given a scholarship after wowing Notre Dame at camp the last two days up in Notre Dame. And he's from OHIO. So we're going to watch film on him a little bit later because I'm sure Left loves watching film of his fellow Ohio dudes. And uh, this young man, he definitely didn't disappoint because he was the rave. He was the rave yesterday from all the campers. And shout out to Marshall Pritchett, who, who's been on with us. And he. it's tough because the tight end position, Notre Dame is in on so many top guys. Marshall dominated. He's one of the top contenders and uh, performers yesterday. And he's still in the sit and wait mode. See if he gets that scholarship from Notre Dame. So uh continue to do your thing, young man. You and your family, your uh, other brother. And uh hopefully you get it. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Blake Hebert, you broke down his film the other day. He chose Clemson over Notre Dame last night. So he'll be going to Clemson, Deuce Knight, who Notre Dame is still heavily involved with. Is at a seven on seven for rivals this weekend, and according to reports, he is lighting it up, lighting it up, and everybody's reporting that he's talking Tennessee Notre Dame. That's those are the two schools, Tennessee Notre Dame, along with others. And Adam Blair, yes, I was just about to get to Nate Roberts. Left, you love you love Nate Roberts, tight end film when you broke it down the other day. He commits tomorrow, and like I, like I said, that, man. Yeah, hey, yeah I like, like you said, he is.
3: He could play. He could play freshman year if he. Yeah. Well, no, it ain't a little different. He probably got to wait in line a year or so, but not too long. He a Brock Bowers type, I think. I mean, he just looks really smooth out there, very natural. Man, hope we get him.
1: He would be a great grab. Great grab, and I think Notre Dame sits real, man. I'm really confident in where Notre Dame sits with Carter Nelson at the tight end position. So, man. I think we
3: need Nate, man. We need Nate, Nate is Nate. a. He's a, he's a
1: you, you really did convince me with him as you broke down his film as to so
3: why. he's stiff, you know. He just, let me just get out here. Uh, 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 uh. And any tight end that can put their hand in the dirt in line and come out running good routes, you a tight end for us. Because usually guys that put their hand in the dirt in line are usually blocking tight ends that get little pop passes and whatever. If you can put your hand in the dirt and run routes and block, yeah, yeah, you're different.
1: Don't hate on that pop pass. That pop pass was my favorite pass Oh yeah, Madden back in the day, is. baby.
3: Just, just trick them. they so not aware of you because you're a blocker, right? As you come in the game, oh, they're running, they're running. That's what happened when you go sub in.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, it's a
3: run play, it's a run play. Dang, let me get on the field first because they see on film you just blocking. And they do, oh, trick them, dick them, throw a pop pass. <laughs> <laughs> he said trick them, dick them.
1: Hey, man, let me tell you something. That's one of the best things that I have seen is you breaking down that tight end film. It was almost like you went back to the guys that you were able to throw to, and I was like, oh, he's he's lighting up. Left is looking like he wants to line up and throw the ball to this young man.
3: Man, that's just a beyond a safety blade. It looked like Brock Bowers out there, just sneaky fast and – Got hands. He ain't catching with his. Butt. He don't look like the, he's fighting the ball when you're catching. You know, sometimes uh-huh. the guys look like, man. You make that look really hard. <laughs> <laughs> like you doing your job, and you did it right. But man, that looks extremely difficult.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree, man.
3: Hate you throw it out there is like, thank you. Let's go. <laughs> Like a long handoff. That's what it looks like. Long handoff.
1: So, look, just about any good tight end is going to have Notre Dame, Georgia.
3: Yeah, Notre Dame, Georgia, (laughs) uh, and then a West Coast school, and then, okay, you up in there.
1: Yeah. It is what it is. You know? I mean, Notre Dame knows. Like, man, if we're going after the top tight ends, we're going to have to fight Georgia. Only
3: offer a couple. I feel like they should only offer a few times. That's the real pot of gold. Notre Dame should only put out ten tight end offers a year.
1: Yeah,
3: and, and, and we should put them out late.
1: Yeah,
3: because we got that power. So you know you can yeah you committed and all that, but we drop one on you on signing day because we're automatic. Yeah, automatic NFL. You go as a absolutely trainer. automatic like
1: absolutely
3: even more than quarterback. Quarterback should be an automatic. And it's been good. You know, you get your shots here, and there, But tight end is bone up. Like, you're good. Like, just do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Don't get in no trouble. Usually tight ends don't get in no trouble. Yeah. And the tight ends are
1: starting to come off. I think Carter Nelson will probably come off in July. Hopefully he ends up in Notre Dame. Walter Matthews just, you know, ended his uh, recruitment. He committed to USC and then went right to being one of the participants at the Elite 11, you know, out there. So yeah, the tight ends are coming off. They're coming off the board, man. They're coming off the board. Lucky Lefty podcast.